Stop, don't move. You're listening to a Big Finish production. This is the Big Finish podcast, official release date, 8th of January, 2018. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Bird of night, hoot notch. All Robomen, attack the Daleks. And a big hello from Big Finish. <laughs> 2018 is now officially underway and nothing in the world can stop it now. I'm Benji Clifford and this here is Nick Briggs. It is. And after our three holiday special podcasts over the festive period, it's time for us to hit you smack bang between the ear things with our winning format of news, emails, guest star interview, randomoid selectatron, latest releases, and a 15-minute drama tease. Oh, yes. And boy, have we got some emails for you. We have... And news, lots of news, and a great interview as the intrepid Karen Parks tracks down Louise Jameson at the studio session for the third series of The Omega Factor, which is out in March. The production, not the interview. The interview's in this podcast. And our 15-minute drama tease also features Louise, which rhymes, I didn't realise that, in the first episode of our seventh series of Fourth Doctor Adventures, The Sons of Kaldor, starring Tom Baker, of course. And as for the randomoid selection, well, you'll just have to wait to find out. No. As indeed will we. Oh, yes, you see, it's random. See? Oh, oh, oh yeah. It's all in the title, uh, dear boy. Uh, uh, Benji, a quick word or several on your Christmas or New Year experience please do you know what? i had a i had a very nice time actually it was quite a restful mm. one for, for somebody like me i'm always sort of doing things and always and mm. always kind of messing around but actually i i just just took it easy this christmas spent some time with some family just chilled out and i had such a nice time actually so i feel i'm feeling fresh fresh as a daisy i'm oh, feeling nice. positive and i'm ready to, to rock and roll the beard's looking good thank you very much yeah do you know what that was my my weird thing, it was sort of, I just thought, I woke up one day, I was like, I'm, gonna get a, I'm just going to have a beard. And I'm going to get a beard. Get a beard. <laughs> well, I spent ages, everybody kept telling me, everybody kept saying, oh, you should grow a beard. And it was like over the course of a couple of years of people saying it and me saying, nope, nope, not going to happen. But then, yeah, it's just happened. It's going to fly, isn't it? It's Well, not fly, it's going to grow. It's, <laughs> it's looking good. I think it's, it's, it's a bit of a wild card. I didn't, I didn't expect it to, uh, to, to look all right, but it seems to be, it seems to be going that way. Mine's out of control at the moment. Yours has got legend status. That's that's it's, yours has just is, got. Is, is, I can I can tug at it. It's that long. I'm <laughs> I'm going to be cutting it in the next couple of days. Tending to it like a like a fine <laughs> plant. <laughs> it's wonderful, though. So it's the is it the only beard in the world with its own Facebook page? Who knows? <laughs> it might well be. <laughs> oh dear. So yes. how was uh, your Christmas slash New Year's experience? Oh well, it was. Uh, we went away. And um, came back, <laughs> which oh, is why I'm here. As you do. Uh, and uh, and my son got chicken pot. Oh. And uh, I watched Where Eagles Dare twice. <laughs> uh, also Doctor Who uh, and the Daleks and Daleks Invasion Earth 2150 AD. Uh, Classic. Uh, you can't you can't leave leave home. You can't leave England without them. That's for well, sure. Well, no, there are. I bought them on iTunes years ago, so they are there on my computer. Good old. Did, iTunes. did you watch those in the new year, or is that in the old year? In the old um, year, I think I watched the. You see, because we really had no concept. 
of what time it was. And our Christmas day was sort of not like a Christmas day at all. We had some presents for Ben, but that was it. Um, uh, I don't know why. Because I was going to ask, I was thinking about this, I was going to say, I wonder, yes, yes. One, something for the podcast is, have you mm. watched any Doctor Who this year, this side? Uh, As in, what was the first one that you watched this year? Because I, I just wonder, because I watched, I watched The Time Warrior. Oh, did and you? yeah, I just, I just one day I thought I want to watch the Time Warrior, and had a great time. Good old Iron Gron, and uh, I, yeah. Have so, you no wenches beyond the stars? <laughs> you toad face. That just sounds like <laughs> Jeffrey Belden. I told you that my face would be displeasing to you. Oh, <laughs> love it, love it. So yeah, that was my 2018 watch. So so I guess we'll we'll count Doctor Who and the Daleks for you because that's close enough for me. Yeah, well, and where Eagles Dare, you see, I was watching it um, because if I stop work, that's all I can do. I either fall asleep or watch Where Eagles Dare. <laughs> it's, it's about the two things I can do when I stop, when I'm not working because I love my job. You know, if I relax, I think, oh, here's a story, here's a script I should be writing, it's something I should be editing, here's some music, you know. The classic war uh, film though, isn't it? Oh, it's great. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, with all due respect to Alistair MacLean and everyone involved, it's utter nonsense. <laughs> it's got a helicopter in it. It's in World War II and it's got a helicopter in it. Classic. So the it? German officer says, you like my machine? Yes. You like my anachronistic machine? <laughs> you should get one. Anyway, um, the reason I watched it twice is because I was watching it and then Ben sort of came crawling over to me on the, uh, while I was halfway through it and then said, can I watch it, Daddy? And I thought, yeah, it's all right, because I first watched it when I was about nine and he's eight. I thought there's not much difference. There's a bit of tomato ketchup blood, you know. And uh, uh, so he watched the second half of it and then he said, oh, can we watch it from the beginning now? I said, well, I don't want to watch it from the beginning straight away. <laughs> Anyone who has kids will tell you that children have no worry about watching the same thing over and over and over again. <laughs> again, again. That's why the Teletubbies say again, again. And uh, so I said, we'll watch it tomorrow. Watch the first half tomorrow. And so the next day I showed him the first half. Of course, we got halfway through. He said, can I watch it to the end now? And I thought, yeah, why not? Because, you know, I, c I could watch it again now, to be quite frank. It's just one of those movies. It just ticks all the boxes for me. Well, it's like it's the same for me with uh, the film The Battle of Britain. Like that oh, film, yeah. I can, I can, I could probably comfortably sit with my eyes closed and quote it, and know, and 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 be more than happy to do that. But there's something about those films if they tick all the boxes. And I think it's the it's those timeless sort of '60s films, isn't it as well? Yeah, well, well, Where Eagles Dares, 1973, I think. Is it really? I thought it was... Cause is, it got, is it got Clint Eastwood in it, hasn't it? Clint Eastwood. See, I always just associate him with the with the, the sort of 60s, really. But yeah, no, he's... A great oh, film, goodness. though. Yeah, Clint Eastwood and uh, Richard Burton. Classic. Uh, a mate of mine and I, we always used to have a joke that, you know, Clint Eastwood has got a slightly bemused look on his face throughout the entire film because <laughs> he was expecting to be in a film with Richard Burton. And I think, except for extreme close-ups of him speaking, Richard Burton just had stand-ins the whole time. <laughs> you know? The rest of the time, he was he was elsewhere doing other things. <laughs> Let us put it that way. <laughs> so, Clint Eastwood, I mean, it's brilliant that his, his character, Lieutenant Schaefer, uh, is is not in the know because it's a bewildering plot where where Richard Burton's character keeps sort of saying, "But what you didn't know was, you know," <laughs> and right at the end of the movie, he says, "Are you just about done now?" Because <laughs> he's like, well, "Is there going to be another twist?" Anything and then else? they just and they they just they literally just fall asleep in a plane at the end of the movie. So Clint Eastwood looking bemused is actually part of the plot, but yeah. 
our joke was always that he was thinking is Richard Burton in this film? <laughs> I saw his name on the call sheet, but he doesn't seem to be here. I seem to be talking to a stand-in most of the time. It's a bloke with a wig on, because he's actually bald. <laughs> also, um, Darren Nesbitt is really? in it, who we've worked with at Big Finish. Oh, yeah, he plays the Gestapo officer. He's absolutely superb and terrifying. And, you know, of course, I saw Darren recently at that Prisoner 50th anniversary event. And, remember and, the photos, and, he, yeah. and, and Darren was in Spare Parts and Old Mortality, um, our Doctor Who Unbound thing with Jeffrey Baldwin. Bird of yes. Night, who'd not? <laughs> Thou and disbelieving so, dreg. So it's great to watch that film and think, goodness me, there are people in this who, who I've worked with. There's someone else in it who I've worked Oh, <laughs> there's the infamous uh, Ingrid Pitt, who I had a dreadful time interviewing once, and she's in it as well. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, I won't tell the Ingrid Pitt story now. I'll tell it another time. Just remind me, folks. Email in at podcast at bigfinish.com to remind me to tell you the Ingrid Pitt story. I see. You're going to get a huge, huge uh, wealth of emails from the Ingrid Pitt fan club now. You can't libel the dead. (laughs) Nick. They're a classic film, I think, there. Talking of wartime, I I got for Christmas, I got Secret Army coupled with, with Kessler. Oh, of course, uh, yes. Love, love old Kessa. It's a great, yeah. great series that is. Although I can't. This really... is, we're talking BBC 1970s studio-based drama set in the Second World War. Oh, it's great it's... actually. And, and if you like, it, if you've seen a low, a low, a low, a low, that 90s sitcom, um, you 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 won't really be able to watch Secret Army with the same no. level of because it's a, it's a I think it's one of the most fantastic pieces of television drama. Yeah. It's all about sort of the French but, French resistance and Yeah, um, but yeah, exactly, but Allo Allo is the comedy version of it. It and is, then, and you, yeah, you and can't help it, but just Yeah. You watch Secret Army and you think, where's the laughter track? It, but it is because it, because even it's it's the fact that Does the characters someone say are so, I will say this only once. Well it's it's that you know, that the woman who I can't remember who uh but the main French resistance agent in there, you know, and she comes in and she, you know, yeah, like, you must not repeat this to anyone. You're just thinking to yourself, I will say this only once, you know. It's- <laughs> they put it in, I mean, the, the you know, um, the people who wrote. Oh, uh, um, Croft and, uh, David Croft and Jimmy Perry. Perry, that's right, yeah. I should know that. I've, I've been Croft watching loads Perry. of Dad's Army over Christmas. It's always on, isn't it, Christmas? Yes, uh, it's, uh, they, they definitely were lampooning Secret Army. That's oh, 100%. 100%. But yeah, anyway, so, we, so we should get on with this. We should podcast. get on. So there you go. There, there are our, our, that, that was our Christmas, but also those are our Christmassy, watchy things that we're watching. So if, you, if you're kindred spirits like us and like a bit of old telly, then the hit Bird of Night, Hoot Not. Here it is. So on that uh, that sort of bombshell, uh, is it time for the ruddy news? By Jinko it is, old boy. The long-awaited follow-up for the 8th Doctor series, Doom Coalition, is set to be announced this week on the Big Finish website. And it's all very exciting and top secret. So do look out for the news story at bigfinish.com. But I can tell you, we'll find out what's happened to Helen and the Eleven. And there'll be the return of a TV Doctor Who villain who has never appeared in a Big Finish story before. And here's a sneaky preview for your taste buds. 
coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who, The Eighth Doctor Adventures, Ravenous, Volume 1. We started to spot something unusual about some of the aerial attacks. Military targets, as you would expect, but destroyed to an incredibly complete degree. I don't care what newfangled camouflage they've got, there's still no match for the RAF. Prepare to engage the enemy. Okay, Medtech Chenka, if you're not here to work, why are you here? We were looking for someone. A friend. Helen. Helen Sinclair. This time I'm certain. The TARDIS is certain. Helen is definitely here. This is something different. You don't eat flesh and bone, do you? You feed on something else. Psychic energy. Sometimes I think I've seen everything. End of the universe, time-hopping nuns, exploding moons, but today's been special. No! (laughs) Nobody else dies today! It won't be easy, alone. I wish I could do something. Big finish. We love stories. Blake 7 Crossfire Part 2 is out this month. Here's the blooming trailer. Information. Federation Security Services report further victories in Sector 5. Hooray for the Federation. It doesn't look like Serverland's backing down. Did you honestly think she would? Welcome to Kalyan, Madam President. So this is Kalyan Castle. I expected something more grand. Dana, you need to be careful. Put the knife down. I'm on your side. I'm not a trooper. Not really. You wear the uniform. It's a long story. I'm with the Rebellion. Borax cracked a code? It would seem so. We must tell the others. Why? Well, they need to know what you're up to. What am I up to? You're taking us to Erebus. Many of us have heard the name Rog Blake, a convicted moral deviant responsible for the worst terrorist outrages of the second calendar. Blake is dead now, but the radical group he formed remains at large in a stolen experimental spaceship. Your name for the camera. It's Villa, Villa Restel, and you are... Did Rog Blake send you? Big finish. We love stories. Confirmed. And you may also have noticed that it's the 40th anniversary of Blake 7. Yeah, did you notice that? Our anniversary Blake 7 story is entitled The Way Ahead and it is out now. Here's a snippety snippet. is crawling with Federation troops. Liberator, down and safe. Tell Blake and Gan not to fall asleep up there. Wait, Blake didn't teleport down with you? I thought he was there to help Avalon. Blake knew the power of caution. It's probably what kept him alive. He and Gan stayed aboard the Liberator to monitor the situation from orbit. While the grunts teleport into danger? None of us were ever grunt. Even Villa. Callie and Jenna were the acolytes. What were you? A question I've asked myself many times. 
Tales from New Earth, four adventures from the New Earth setting of the TV episodes The End of the World, New Earth and Gridlock, coming out in March. And this week on The Big Finish site, uh, we can reveal some of the story details. Five billion years in the future, after the end of the world in the year 5.5 slash Apple slash 26, New Earth is the second hope of humankind. Post Gridlock, Senator Haim, not novice Haim anymore, is working to restore her home. The cities, forests and skies teem with strange and wonderful species. Some trace their Jerry Anderson. (laughs) (laughs) Some trace their ancestry back to old earth. Others came later, but all have their own agendas and their rivalries. Now an ancient, powerful force has new earth in its sights, and everyone must work together to beat it. Ooh. Just beat it, you guys! Yeah, beat it! Just beat it! Ow! There is a cast to die for. Not literally, of course. Please don't do that. That would be a hideous start to the new year. There's some horrible statistics about that. There are indeed some horrible statistics about that one. So yes, uh, a fantastic cast here with uh, Adua Ando, Yasmin Bannerman, Anna Hope, Kieran Hodgson, Derek Griffiths, James Dreyfus and Julian Rindtut or Rindtut. I'm not too sure. We don't know, do we? We can't remember whether it's a Rind or a Rind. So I think it's. I'm going to go Rind. Actually, it looks like it could be a Rind. Appeals to me. Uh Appeals. It's a little. Little dad joke there. You know Anna Hope, who who played Novice Haim, who also played um, Di Menzies in our uh, Sixth Doctor stories. So uh, some... Kieran Hodgson, who's done lots of stuff for us uh, and has appeared on lots of stuff on TV. Derek Griffiths. Of course. Play away! Need no introductions there. <laughs> King of the voiceover. James Dreyfus, who was later featured uh, for us as the, the master in our first Doctor adventures. He's not playing the master in this, I don't believe. But, uh, but yes. But yeah, in fact, action, I know he's not playing action the Action-packed compressed box of, of actor <clears throat> delights there. Indeed, and um, here's a little tease. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who, Tales from New Earth. Once there was a world called New Earth, and some of the people who lived there were humans, some were aliens, and others were cats. And in that world stood New New York. Don't you ever want something different? How do you mean? An escape from New New York. All I want is here. There's so much more to see, Thorne. It's all out there, waiting. I'm telling you, Devon, things are gonna happen. When I was elected to the Senate, I had to take extraordinary measures to make the city habitable and safe again for its new wave of occupants. And that included striking a deal with Lux Incorporated. It's happening again. Cover your eyes. What? Just do it, do it now. And finally, just a quick mention of the Paul Sprague Memorial Short Trips Writers' Opportunity. As you may know, Selim Ulug's story Landbound was selected as the submission to be produced. I recorded it last year. And uh, here's a snippety snippet of me. Extending a hand to his rescuer, they shook. Then Henderson said, Consider your apology accepted. Uh, Most people just call me the doctor. The Doctor? Fair enough. Now listen, I own a pub just nearby. Tell me you'll come with me and be my guest. Well, I... 
Oh, very well, why not? Lead the way. Henderson nodded and started back towards the road. We'll go back and around, so you'll see the place from the front entrance, not from back here. They walked in silence for a short while. Then Henderson said, This watch, you know, it was my father's, and his father's before. And in all those years, it's not lost a second, not one. Do you mind? said the doctor, extending his hand. Henderson hesitated, then placed the watch in the doctor's palm. Of course, he said. Taking a magnifying glass from his jacket pocket, the doctor examined the face of the watch, then the back. Finally, he held it up to his ear, his expression changing from vague curiosity to one of genuine delight. This is remarkable workmanship, the doctor said, handing the watch back to Henderson. Absolutely remarkable. So you know your timepieces, do you? said Henderson. The doctor shot Henderson a glance. Henderson couldn't quite make out the expression, though it might have been restrained amusement. Well, yes, said the doctor. I suppose you could say that. Big finish. We love stories. It's a great, great story, actually. It was great fun doing that. Uh, what, what happens is that Ian Atkins sifts through all the submissions and then he boils it down to, I think, about ten or something and then lets me have a look at them and then together we decide it. And this one really was unanimous. Um, and uh, anything that's got the sea in it is frankly fine by me. I'm a big fan of the sea. Like the sea. Don't don't like falling into it so much. Bit um, wet. But yeah. <laughs> But yes, uh, I hope you enjoyed that and, and well done to Selim. And there are so many other brilliant submissions as well and hopefully some of those writers will be doing other short trips for us uh, in the coming months and years. I'm a big fan of the sea. I am, you know. Oh, the sea's been in my family since I was a wee barnacle. Sorry, I just... It just reminds me of when I was working for Film Review magazine after I, I resigned as editor because I'd had enough of being an editor. And then they came back to me. In fact, David Richardson was the one who came back to me. He was working on it. I think he took over, actually, when I left. Um, uh, and asked me if I'd like to write reviews for them. And then their reviews editor got in touch with me and said, what sort of films do you want to review? I said, um, anything with the sea or submarines in. And he wrote back and he said, I've never received an email like this before I don't, I don't know quite what to do with that information I, I just said look anything that anyone else doesn't want to go and see yeah. I love this idea though that in in a sort of in a parallel sort of world you're, you're just this massive fan of the ocean and like you're like a renowned sort of uh water-based reviewer <laughs> yes, well, I'm I, sitting in a boat, rowing along, reviewing <laughs> things. So, yes, well, I thought the water in that film was particularly effective. The uh, the the way in which the shore uh, uh, moves in and out was certainly better than that scene of the previous film, in which it was just not quite as aggressive that day. <laughs> anything water, anything that's got water in there, over to me. So it's like uh, it's funny. I do have a thing about water. Um, that uh, I like baths as well. I'm a big fan of baths. Well, a then you then like you'd baths. love to know this. There's actually a yeah. place called Bath that you can visit. Sorry, I've just been. Uh, <laughs> I, I have. I had a little holiday there last year. Love a bit of bath. About, about three three days. Excellent museums there. Um, excellent museums. <laughs> excellent, excellent. The cakes. Oh, the cakes. <laughs> 
you, you're <laughs> you can be imagine that... in, the, in the middle of an in-depth review of something. So, and now we come to a scene where someone drinks uh, a glass of water. So over to Nick, our water specialist. <laughs> but, you know, I get very excited in the studio where, where if we involve water in the recording, in the Martian invasion of Earth. I had Richard Armitage sticking his face in a bowl of water and stuff. No kind of, and Him and uh, Lucy Briggs-Owen, when they're sort of drowning underwater in the scene where there's the, the scene at Shepparton, where there's the big battle. And I, cause I said, it's all very well getting actors to go, oh, blah, 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 but it's much better if you actually get them to do it with real water. And then you add the sound effects in. And it's, you know, I did it's it with, with Mark Elstob in The Prisoner. And there's a bit in I Met a Man Today, which is the first story of the second volume of our prisoner releases and he's he jumps into the thames to test whether it's a hologram or not and it, it, he's he nearly drowns and you know also there's a scene also in one of the upcoming first doctor adventures where um th- there was a scene where claudia grant play, you know playing susan uh, has to dive under the water and uh, well i can't tell you exactly what she was doing but it, there's a lot of her actually sort of underwater and coming into a place and, sort of, and and she looked at me as if to say how on earth are we going to do this and i just presented her with a glass of water and i said <laughs> take a sip of that and then try to say the lines she went, are you serious i said yeah and here's a tea towel to stop the water getting all over yourself and then she did it and it just i said that just sounds absolutely superb so I'm, I get very excited about the involvement of water in anything. But that's just that's, a bit strange. But that is the, the craft, isn't it? That's the craft of, of audio drama. And that's why, I guess, you know, there's the things you can do like that that are so effective and, and so slightly balmy, but, but it works. And that's, that's, that's what it is, really. So there we go. Nicholas Briggs there, water uh, enthusiast, uh, amphibious... Uh, <laughs> Fiend. The amphibious Nicholas Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Love it to bits. Well, there we go then. So uh, on that sort of amphibious note of water-based bombshells, <laughs> mines, sea mines, um, that is the end of the news. You're not going to do any super well, I, things with the end of the news? Well, I, mean, I can do. I mean, I, I, I mean have I, you I, not I put just, the news? Just, I mean, well, the launched new- it in a torpedo? We could. I'll tell you what. Let's. Yeah. Look, I mean, I, I just assumed that it was blown up in a, with a sea mine. You know, those big spotty mines. But um, yeah, let's do that. So let's. They've got let's, spikes on. They have got spikes on. Yeah, they're sort of like they're stereotypical, aren't they? So yeah, I like that idea. Let's batten down those hatches, shove it inside the uh, the circular sort of long, almost look. They look like furnaces, almost, don't they? Click the red button. I know what I'm talking about. Don't worry, Nick. <laughs> Give me that look. I know. I know. I know. Uh, click the flashing red button. Yeah. You hear the... And then you have a water-based sound of... And then you cut... That little noise in films, that they get... Yep. Yep, that, I know exactly... Oh. And then what you do is then, we're going to cut to the next feature. So we're going to cut to the emails. And there'll be somebody in the emails scene who's just sitting there quietly So, you know... And then suddenly you'll just cut back to the, the, the torpedo and then you'll just see... Yes. My headphones will fall off. But you have you always have to have that quiet bit before where nothing's yes. really going on. Like there's a bloke... Like in um, Spy, Lo- Spy Love oh, Me, all right. where yes. there's the bloke and he, I think he's drinking tea or something and they're eating breakfast or somebody's playing I, said, I love the way you're about to drink tea. To... Bang! And then he goes... Yeah. I was, I, I, so I, in a Terry in June comedy way, he spits the tea out, does he? <laughs> he spits it. 
A torpedo? A torpedo in the sea? Are you mad? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think that is the news over and done. Yeah, the, new- <clears throat> the news is done. Right then, brace yourselves. It's only flipping time for the return of the flipping emails. Well, you know me and emails. It's a bit of a love affair, really. And if you'd like to bring joy to my heart, then just email us at podcast at bigfinish.com. That's underlined if you type it onto a Word document and don't put it in italics because who does that? Uh, so yes, then, uh, as you know, then, so we've taken three weeks off emails, so now it is time to catch up. So first up, then, this one is from Daniel Tout. Just scrolling down. There we go. Ah. Dear Dalek Face and Benji. Good name. Like it, Nick. Sorry, That's Dalek Face. That's what Lisa Face. Greenwood calls me. That's yeah. cla- on stage, isn't it? Oh, good times. I'm a huge fan of the podcast and have a quick little query in regards to a certain inside joke. Mm. Did you, Nick, intentionally sneak in a stop, don't move into only the good brackets beneath the viscoid at 42.30? (laughs) Well, I don't know. I don't remember doing that because there are loads of Daleks in it. So maybe a Dalek did say stop, don't, do not move. I couldn't have. Can't say don't. Wow. Stop, don't move. I better change. It's just reminded me like when Prince Charles, when I offered him the microphone when he visited the BBC um, uh, studios, and and he had a go on the ring modulator, and it, the only thing he could first of all think to improvise was one force move. <laughs> <laughs> like a Dalek would say, one force move. <laughs> oh, perhaps, uh, perhaps he was telling saying that to you. Yes. Perhaps it was a threat, a royal threat. That's what it was. I think it was the uh, uh, the head of BBC One or someone who was sort of cringing and groveling around him. You know, said, well, sir, perhaps you could say exterminate or something. Else. What? One false move. Nothing, nothing. No, 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 no. Just, 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 just don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> I, I have told the story, but I don't know why I'm telling you this Charles and Camilla story, the embarrassing <laughs> story of meeting... Prince Charles and uh, Camilla. What is she? Is she a prince? Duchess, no, she can't be a du- prince. She's the Duchess, Duchess of Cambridge. Is it? No, that's is that Kate? <sighs> we don't know anything about our royal family. Sorry about that. We're not loyal citizens, loyal subjects. She, I should say. She is the Prince of uh, Princess of Wales, Duchess of Cornwall. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, they were both very nice. I mean, you know, that is their main job, isn't it? Being nice. And yeah. they jolly well ought to be good at it. And they flipping well are. They were both extremely nice. But the stupid thing was that I was so scared and so intimidated by the massive fame of both of them. <laughs> it's like meeting, you know, it's like a statue coming to life. Uh, and they were both very nice. Uh, and Camilla asked me something and I, um, I didn't hear what she said. And I was so scared, I couldn't ask her what she'd said. So I tried to answer it, having not heard the question. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> what a ludicrous thing to do, thinking that she'd just let it go. So I went, well, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I sort of made noises like that. And she just looked at me. And I was looking at Prince Charles to say, please, you say something. You, you, I can understand oh. you. Uh, you know, and, and she just kept saying, no, but, 
you know, it's like, answer the question. So <laughs> I just, and eventually I think she just walked away thinking, I'm sure this happens a lot. She just walked away thinking, well, I don't know what's the matter with him. A very peculiar fellow. <laughs> And, and of course, she is right. I mean, anyone who th who tries to answer a question that they haven't heard is, not is of course, is. a peculiar fellow. We the you very just least. say, oh, yeah, of course, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah. Why couldn't yeah. I have just said, I'm sorry? I think I did indicate I couldn't hear and she repeated it. But, but you, after, you know, you can't keep asking someone to repeat something. No, it becomes... You know, you live and you learn, don't you, at the end of the Sometimes day. you can't hear, even if something is very clear... You can't hear it because you're just so intimidated and your mind is full of... <laughs> well, it's like, it's like if you, you, know, you get like tongue bees. twisters and you, you start sort of... You can't quite... Like, like you'll, you'll answer the most basic questions, but it sounds weird. I can't explain it. This is what happens to me. It's like, like if you're in that sort of thing, you can answer a question, but it will sound weird when you reply in your head, even though it's fine. But it's like you, that pressure of, I don't know, it's pressure, isn't it, sometimes, I suppose, in those situations. Yeah. I was intimidated out of my skin. Well, I mean, <laughs> anyway. I've, I've, never, I've never met a royal, so, so it doesn't, who knows. I'm, I'm expecting them to meet me and say, your highness. <laughs> and, then, and then, you know, I've, I was doing some, uh, some family tree searching this Christmas, actually. It's been the family project. Is to, it wasn't Christmas tree searching. Eh, like it. <laughs> but um, I was looking back and I had this brief moment where somebody had made a tree of our ancestors and led it back, all the way back, uh, to uh, King Rollo, uh, King of the Vikings. And... Um, uh, I thought that was a character from a children's program. I didn't really know there was a real that's King That's the gag Rollo. we were laughing at. Yeah, real King Rollo. And also um, William Longsword, who was the famous oh. Norman leader. And so I got really excited. It turned out that there was this annoying problem. There was two guys called, like, I think his name's like Richard Fitzponts. Because it, that's a funny name within itself. That's the Clifford who was originally Fitzponts. It turns out there were two. And so, and there's like this big muddle over where this tree goes so it's i'm unsure now whether i'm actually indirectly cor cor like connected to these norman sort of head honchos slash vikings or or if it's the other side which just leads oh. off into sort of uncertainty so i spent this whole sort of deluded day sort of sitting there going yeah yeah you know i have got the blood of a viking king in me you know this could be all mine, actually. This could all be mine. <laughs> but uh, it's probably the latter. I'm probably just the son of a cow herder or something. Yeah, that's what I am. Not Head the son cowman. of a cow herder. I'm just... My, my genetic inheritance is dust. <laughs> it's dust. Literally. Just to all, all peasants and low achievers. Well, you never know. One, one little turn in the old family tree could take you anywhere in my case it could take you one way or the other and i will yeah. never i will never know because i won't know will i anyway thank you to daniel for asking me that and i'm sorry I don't, i'll have to go back and check but i don't i'm not aware that i did that it's got me worried now i quite like i quite like his little bit at the end there sent, yeah. sent across the void beyond the mind oh my god uh, I, just, I just clicked that and my and the word document went crazy where's it where's it where's it, where's it gone well, anyway, while you're sorting out your Word document, uh, here's a lovely one from Jacqueline Gibbs. Uh, Hi, N and B. Long-time subscriber since Oh No It Isn't, first ever thing. Uh, still a Christmas favourite. First-time emailer. I have two questions. Firstly, 
with all the diverse ranges and busy release schedule, how do you manage to keep each production separate and help it keep its own identity rather than just being another recording session? Well, I mean, I think the script does that. Uh, Jackie, I can call you Jackie because you've signed yourself as Jackie. Uh, I, th I think, yes, yeah, the script, the different directors, the different cast members, um, and the fact that we we always, all of us who work at Big Finish, love what we're doing. And so we totally buy into and engage with each project. And I don't think we ever think, no, it's just another one of those Doctor Who things. And if we're ever tempted and, or fall into that, the actual process of being there and working with Tom Baker or Colin Baker or Peter Davison or Sylvester McCoy or Paul McGann, you know, anyone, um, it just you just keep thinking, wow, this is fantastic. So no, that that's how that's done. Uh, secondly, asked Jackie, when are we going to get more Sixth Doctor and Perry stories as we haven't had a trilogy in ages? We are going to get some more, don't worry. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Uh, love the podcast and keep up the great work. Merry Christmas to all Big Finish ta all at Big Finish Towers. Well, of course, Christmas has passed. We're dealing with our backlog here and there are no towers at Big Finish. <laughs> they are metaphorical towers. Sent from my iPhone, Jackie Gibbs. Thank you for that one, Jackie. And uh, yeah, I hope you had a good uh, Christmas and New Year. So here is one from Kevin A. Austin Garner. Hello, Nick and Benji. I'm so sorry I missed you all at Chicago TARDIS as we were hosting family all weekend. Thank you for all of the great audio adventures this year. I went through a fairly serious health issue this summer and the audios kept me motivated to push through my recovery by distracting my discomfort and pain into amazingly rich worlds and adventures. I'm sorry to hear that, uh, Kevin. I hope you're on the mend now and, uh, yeah. and you're feeling better and you're looking into 2018 with a, a good year ahead. Uh, so Kevin continues here. He says, um, one thing that I have not heard uh, recognised is how good your trailers are for the stories. When they come on, it's a real stop, don't move uh, moment that gets my molecules tingling in excitement. <laughs> Some of my favourites are Afterlife, uh, emotional and seriously, buck up! Um, having to say that whilst being relatively quiet because people are working downstairs. Um, uh, the fires of Vulcan, brackets, so good. Uh, he jests at scars, brackets, chilling. The Sandman, brackets, wait, did Sixie really turn bad? Uh, the beginning, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, origin story. Uh, ish, spooky, that music is so perfect. Uh, Guardians of the Solar System, the music just connects so well to the spoken words to draw you in. A thousand tiny wings, uh, so atmospheric. And Klein. Uh, and of course, the War Master. Just edge of the seat stuff. Well, I can take credit for at least one of those. <laughs> because I, um, uh, Scott, well, no, actually it was a group effort because Scott put together a potential trailer for the War Master. And I said, mm, I know what you need to do. So I took it and whizzed it around and cut it up a bit and said, he needs to do something like that. And so went to the sound designer and it was, wahey. Stuck through the old wahey machine. That's right, the wahey filter. On your father's side, it's in there. <laughs> so there we go. Uh, and on one recent trailer that was played on a podcast selected from good old Ran was uh, Dark Shadow's Tainted Love. I was so swept in by that trailer that I have now dived into the Dark Shadow's world without ever watching the show. It's a great range. 
Yeah, you see, you've fallen into our trap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad uh, you're loving it. And uh, thanks. Uh, thank you for all that you do, including putting out amazing trailers that continue to happily drain my bank account <laughs> by discovering new gems all the time. Happy holidays to you and yours, Kevin. And that's Kevin there from Chicago. Uh, and then he added, uh, Hi guys, sorry, forgot to add two <laughs> things. One, Patient Zero uh, made me so excited for this release. Oh. And two, what is uh, a favourite trailer of yours and why? All my best, Kevin. Nick? Wow. He also mentions that he's a licensed clinical psychologist, which could help us, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> he's probably well, writing, writing a book on us, a, a thesis. <laughs> Our answers are being scrutinised. Um, I don't know. One that suddenly leaps out at me from nowhere is the tra trailer for Davros. Oh, yes. God, I remember listening to that on years ago, like when I was a lot younger, on the Big Finish trailers website. Yeah, ah, yeah. Well, yeah. It, sounds like, it sounds to me like, uh, you know, the way it says, it's, it's all very quiet from Davros. And then he suddenly goes, the beginning, and screams. And the music kind of, and it sounds like he's going to start a heavy rock number, doesn't it? You know, <laughs> I am Davros. <laughs> it's amazing. I think Jim Mortimer did that. Uh, it's, it's an amazing piece of work. A very talented chap, Jim Mortimer. Uh, since we're catching up, there's time for an extra email this week. Oh, no, I didn't find out what your favourite trailer was. Well, I was. I was actually going to Oh, hold on. <laughs> We've been hit by a torpedo. <laughs> I was Where's just drinking tea? a cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've never got to... Oh. <laughs> Microphone's literally fall falling off its stand. Ah. <laughs> uh. Um, favorite trailer. Oh wait, hold on. No wait. Can I do this? Yeah, go on. Can I? God, what are you gonna do? You know, <laughs> you know, like a barrel explodes. That one. Yeah. I thought you were gonna pierce that with your knife. It's gonna pierce. <laughs> yeah, just, just sort of go out in a, a cloud of. Yeah, sorry. Fire. What was your? What was your? Um, um I, do, do you know what? I, I, nothing sprung to mind immediately, but but something I will say is that I'm. I've been working on a trailer, uh, worked on a trailer, not yesterday, the day before, and then mm. I'm going back into it today to do some final touches and bits of work. But I'm really excited to share that because there's lots going on. It's well, it really, should, uh, you know, hopefully, perhaps in slightly it. edited form, it's going to be earlier in the podcast, but I'm going to cut out any spoilers. But that's exciting, and and I, it's exciting for a lot of different reasons, but uh, you'll you'll have to... If, if you know me, you'll know there are certain things that I enjoy, and yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, yeah. we look forward to that, or we have already heard it. Yeah, if you've already, yeah, if you've already heard it, Spitfires, come on, aeroplanes. Aeroplanes, that's my thing. So, you know, and if, they're, and if they're not in the trailer, then you won't know, and just cut that. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm very excited Ooh. for, I'm very excited for that release, so I'm going to have to pick uh, the trailer for that. Raven mm. Ravenous. Ravenous. Um, yes, so anyway, I was going to read you an email from Michael House. Uh, he's picking up on a previous topic. To whom it may concern, he says rather formally, writing from Tokyo in Japan. 
Uh, I listened with interest to uh, a recent email request for outtakes from recording sessions. I agree with Nick's assessment of why it would be a bad idea to make those bits generally available to we listeners. I had a slightly different idea, however, which I think might be more constructive. I would be interested in hearing more studio chatter, interesting bits of conversation between actors and staff in the course of a recording. For example, one of my favourite recent such bits was in the behind-the-scenes programme in a recent Jago and Lightfoot set where Christopher Benjamin and Louise Jameson improvised some dialogue on the spot. This sort of additional insight into what happens in the studio would be fascinating. Please advise. Thank you for your time and consideration. Sincerely, Michael House, Tokyo, Japan. Well, Michael, the same thing sort of applies because a lot of the stuff that's said between people in studios is, you know, possibly a bit too private and they may not want it out there in the public domain. Having said that, uh, we do put bits of chatter on the behind-the-scenes documentaries which are available on all our releases, except a very few. So you will always hear those snippets, so do do have a look. And, and you, you'll hear all sorts of interesting things, particularly on the main range. You, you hear bits of chatter between the director and between the actors. So there you go. And there you have it. I, I just wanted to add that we're very, very, very grateful for all the festive good wishes. That were wished to us apologies that we don't have time to read out all of those but rest assured that i did read them and they warmed the cockles of my heart in fact i, I feel the need to to put this in here because we talked about this the other day nick um we got a, both of us got some great little christmas uh, presents oh yes from from our good friend big l Big Al, and there's the one, yeah. But but it all they it, were sent. There was a mix-up <laughs> in the sending, not from Big Al, but from the Big Finish office. And so I, I got an envelope that came in the post, addressed to uh, Benji Clifford, uh, to which I opened it, and it contained another letter inside, addressed to <laughs> Nick Briggs. Uh, so I was like, "What's going on?" And so I, I messaged Nick, and 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 I, Nick was on holiday I said I've received this post I, I don't is it I don't know what to do it's, it's, it's for you but it's arrived in my house and so I said open it open it and and so Nick received these wonderful uh, magnets fridge magnets stainless steel as well which but they're actually pla- I don't know they're plastic but they look like stainless steel um, one <laughs> well, has got uh, the classic Bilal uh, and an Excel on there which I'm showing to Nick because it's it's his gift and the other is uh, has got the Planet of the Daleks Supreme, uh, and another movie style Dalek. These are basically uh, they must be the, the Terry Nation Daleks because they're movie style Daleks there. And it says exterminate. So that was Nick's gift. Brilliant. And the one I've got is uh, which says to Benji, Captain Crimson Clifford, thanks for a brill 2017. All the best for 2018. Merry X Mars. <laughs> from Big Al is a Sugar Smacks Captain Scarlet to Des- Destiny Angel SIG for Sugar Smacks it's a sh- Sugar Smacks the cereal packet that's cover. wicked isn't it yeah, love it brilliant. love it so we, we've, we've said we, we're going to we're going to uh, have a, a meeting t- together to, ex- to exchange goods in a sort of shifty spy like way <laughs> that's not to insinuate we want you all to send us presents no but we're not saying don't yeah <laughs> Uh, some Ghana's pickled onions, please. Right. <laughs> <clears throat> so, yeah, so that is the end of the emails. And continuing the theme uh, of the torpedoes, we now cut to uh, a man on the coast of southern England there with binoculars. And he's got a moustache and he pulls them down from his face and he says, Good God. Phone home command immediately. Quickly. And and then you cut to the, the Nick who's, who's in home command there, picks up the phone. 
gets told the news. Thank you very much. Uh, time now for our guest star interview. This week, a returning guest who has every right to return, as we love her and she does so much work with us. Not only is she Leela in The False Doctor Adventures, but she's also a writer and director for a number of our productions and star of The Omega Factor. And indeed, this is where and why the intrepid Karen Parks tracked her down at a studio session for that very series, uh, which I'm doing the music for virtually as we speak. I finished episode one last night. Anyway, here's Louise Jameson. And I might add that she gets all the details of when she met me wrong even though she got them right the last time. I don't stick in people's memory. That's what it is. Uh, so I shall take her to task about this next time I see her, which will hopefully be very soon. Over to you, Karen. I'm sitting here with Louise Jameson of Doctor Who and Omega Factor and Survivors and, <laughs> and, and. And the very first question for our podcast interview is, when did you first meet... Nicholas Briggs. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure, but I think he interviewed me for uh, what used to be called BBV, something to do with Bill Bags. And we were in a, uh, he, he wanted a location that was to do with something I'd done. So we'd picked Talons of Wang Chiang, and I think it was in some kind of Vic Victorian museum. But he may say we met before that. <laughs> I know when I first met you. When was that? I first met you in the States in the 80s when there was the Doctor Who bus tour. You're not old enough. Yes. Yes. You were the very first Doctor Who celebrity I met. Oh, was I? Was I nice to you? Yes, you were charming. Good. <laughs> I'm so pleased. You were fantastic. So somewhere there is a picture of a 16 or 17-year-old me with you in Bessie. Car. And we did a bus tour. Yes. All the props were in this big tractor trailer, and it went from city to Gosh. city. And you were one of the celebrities who came over at some point. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. I remember they, I remember Bessie. I remember that because, mm. of course, I'm not my doctor. But um, Yeah, so they brought the car over, okay. and they had a selection of props right. that toured most of the cities that were airing. Doctor Who at the time right. on PBS stations. <laughs> I remember doing a... Did I have my son with me? One of my sons that with me? I don't me. remember. Because I did a PBS uh, advert, but, you know, please give your yes. money. And I had Tom sitting on my lap while we did... Did the, you ever... So did you actually work like a, a telethon, a pledge yes. a thon? Yes, yes, oh, yes, yes. Great days. I did that. I sat and answered phones. Oh, did my you? Local Good for yeah. you. <laughs> They're great, aren't they? They're equivalent to the BBC, really. Yeah. Um, so, how has your summer been? Oh, it's been great. I'm playing Miss Marple in A Murder is Announced, so I've been going all over the country with grey wig knitting and rheumatism. <laughs> Have you been anywhere that you've never been before? Oh, that's an interesting question. I think I've played all the... I think I've played all the theatres. I've been, oh my goodness, I've been touring for so many years. I think I've played all the theatres that we've, that we've been to. Was Agatha Christie, or sorry, was Miss was Miss Marple a part you've always wanted to play? No, actually, I've shied away from it because there'd be so many iconic people gone before me. It's you know how can you replace it? And also, when you're doing the theatre scripts, you don't have the same help that a camera and another writer and a makeup artist and a bit of light, you know, all those things can yeah. really, you know, so, so to clock a clue 
when you're on stage, you have to do something quite big. For example, uh, my Miss Marple knits quite a lot, so I stop knitting and put it down and make it look like I'm really paying attention. Well, on camera, you, all you have to do is flick the camera over and have your eyes move from left to right, and you can see that she's taken the information on board. So you have to, you know, I think it's much harder on stage because you have to let the audience know without letting the other characters on stage know that you have clocked a clue. Just They have to look away from you. Yes, <laughs> and you stop or you have knitting. to make it so subtle that... Yeah. Did you already know how to knit? Yes, I did, oh, actually. <laughs> I'm a 50s child, aren't I? So, yes, we were taught at school. Yeah. Um, and so what is coming up in your fall? Uh, same, still doing the tour. Uh, that goes on till the middle of November. I've got five weeks off over Christmas. I think I'm going to go to Senegal, which will be somewhere I've never been before. And because a friend's just bought a hotel there. So I've nice. got a cheapy cheapy New Year's Eve, I hope. Yes. Uh, cheapy and rather wonderful um adventure and then I'm going to do my gay best friend which is a play that Nigel Fares and I wrote together we're doing that at the Hope Theatre mm -hmm. in uh, Islington on Upper Street that's for most of January February there might be a film hovering mm -hmm. uh, there's certainly be in part written for me but the script's got to be okayed before we know for sure oh, so hopefully I'm I'm plowing through right through to next February but of course big finish you know filling all the gaps in between <laughs> and the occasional wedding and the occasional wedding my son gets married in tuscany next weekend oh, are you looking forward to i am we're all slightly anxious because rain is predicted but you know if that's all we're worried about then we're we're living a blessed life aren't have we? you got a lovely dress i have actually i've got a top to toe silk pastel Ooh. affair with a Fascinator, I'm not sure about the fascinator. You have to do a fascinator. It's, it's, it's a British wedding. <laughs> it's a tiny fascinator. Um, I think that I think my son's rather disappointed. I'm not wearing a huge hat, but um, <laughs> it's not not me really. So yeah, a we'll flower to, of a fascinator. Do the fascinator yeah. Um, so is there any um, TV or media? Uh, not is there any television or books or theater or anything that's been catching your fancy lately oh the ferryman if you haven't seen the ferryman go and see it wow. it's the most marvelous piece of theater it came out of the royal court mm -hmm. and it literally took my breath away when the house lights came up in the interval i gasped i completely forgot i was in a theater and that hasn't happened to me for a long long time yeah I imagine. and i saw quite the other end of the spectrum so that's the ferryman for anyone that finishes john the night uh i went to see um uh, Adrian Mole, the musical, at the Chocolate Money Factory on the last couple of Sundays ago. It, and it's a delightful, lovely. If you've got any children aged between, I don't know, probably nine to about 12, 13, they'll love it. Mm. Is that what most of your um, sort of entertainment um, time goes to? Yeah, theater. live theatre. Yeah. Live theatre is my go to. And a, and a meal out. That's my idea of a perfect evening. Absolutely, it is. And that is, and Sunday matinees are great. I do a lot of fringe theatre. Oh. There's lots, because West End is so expensive. I mean, it it's ridiculous. Two people and a meal out and a night over and trains there and, you know, how much have you spent? Yeah. So there's fantastic things on the fringe. There's a website called offwestend.com, oh, okay. which champions most of them. And I also think some of the most amazing theatre is done there. It is my favourite form of performing, is in a room above a pub. Uh, 
because you can use all your all your skills come together in one you don't have to worry about projection or most people can see you from whatever angle you're standing so you can do it as truthfully as you do a television performance and yet you do the whole story arc from beginning to end and you have much more control on the length of the pauses and the do you think the audiences are different than an audience for a big Western I think show? they're very supportive audiences. Uh, and they're normally quite knowledgeable. They're quite sophisticated theatre-going audience. Uh, and very often you're doing new writing, which might only get one airing. So there's an added sense of responsibility to both audience and performers. Do you do the thing where you go meet people in the pub afterwards? It's kind of, you kind of can't avoid it. I mean, sometimes I do. Sometimes I duck out the back door. But, you know, I often stop and just have a, a little chat with somebody at the end of the at the end of the evening as well. Do you have any time for guilty pleasure TV <laughs> watching? <laughs> do you <laughs> I tend to do box sets if ah, I do it. Okay. So uh, someone will put a box set my way with it. You know, I'm still catching up on ten, ten, six feet under, so <laughs> which was well over a decade ago. Are, uh, are you a Game of Thrones viewer? Uh, do you, I, th I think I'm the only person in the... You're not the only person <laughs> in the universe who's never seen, seen an episode. No, I haven't seen no, an episode. Never seen either. one, No. 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 Um, so you've been recording Omega Factor. So yes. Talk a little bit about what it's like to come back um, pretty much a year since you record the last one. I know. See I, everybody in again. a way, I wish it was a bit uh, sooner. I mean, I've seen most of them because of all the other mm. big finishy stuff I do. But um, I'm, I'm sorry this one had to be left so long to come back to. Delighted that I was invited to write an episode on it. And hopefully it'll go on further. But as we've just been discussing, episode... For it's so seems closed. There's a little bit of an open end, but it would be lovely to do at least another four episodes of it. And I think John's so good as the sort of champion of the piece. I yeah. think he's the hero. I think he does incredibly well. Um, have you found any new aspects to Anne playing her now three seasons? Oh yes, I have actually. I found a a kind of hardness that hasn't seemed to have materialized before the the scientists taking over the human humanitarian mm. feelings that she has uh, which was quite interesting to explore I mean I think basically she's a really lovely intelligent woman mm. I don't think there's much to dislike about Anne uh, but she's tough she's tougher this episode yeah. she has to be she's yeah. got manipulative bosses now yes <laughs> yes she um, doesn't quite know. Of course, that, that, that end hasn't been tied up yet properly, no. has it? Um, so every time I do a session, um, everyone in the green room is always talking about their latest tech or what the next piece of tech is going to be. Mm. Now, that could be Ken Bradley's influence because he is <laughs> the most technologically obsessed person I know. Um, where do you fall on the spectrum of must adopt the very latest thing versus yeah. I think if it works it works you know windows 10 windows 11 windows 3206 i'm happy with windows 10 leave me be you're not going to be first in line for a new iphone <laughs> no certainly not certainly not if it's a bit lighter in weight i like the idea of it but actually i have all i need what do i need i need to send emails stay in touch with my friends quickly uh, and write scripts and really anything that does much more than that is is irrelevant to my life sounds good yeah thank you very thank much. you 
Ah, one of my favourite human beings, that there, Lou Jameson. And Karen Parks, too, of course. I, I, I just want to mention for our listeners that during that uh, guest star interview, we actually went off to lunch. <laughs> oh, yes, we did, yes. <laughs> so it's the, the wonders of that. Well, the thing is, you know, when the, when the podcast's rocking and rolling like this, I, I think we've had a good run today with the, the you know, the, the New Year's vibes and... and got to keep that momentum going you can't you can't suddenly get hungry halfway through it doesn't work well like that. The, the real problem was and i know actually the truth of it is though benji you didn't get around to lunch because you got involved in some work didn't you? i did sometimes when i think sometimes when you've got the creative muse you know when when the juices are flowing i just thought i know what i've got to do and i know what i want to do here so yeah, so I just kept going. So I'll, I'll have a victory lunch after, I think. I, I had Mine wasn't a hunger thing, although I'm sure I would have got hungry. Mine was a, a relationship thing because I'd arranged with my wife to have lunch. And we usually have lunch around sort of midday, you see, and it was already quarter past. And I thought, any minute now, there's going to be on the shed it's door. It's getting cold. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we were going to a, a, a local restaurant in the town, you know. Which we, and, you know, and if you go to restaurants for lunch go at 12ish because the rush happens at 1 <laughs> so you can get in there get served quickly and you can be you can be in and out in 3 quarters of an hour and you've missed the the horrible rush and the people well, trying yeah, to get the high chairs it, set up and <laughs> well, it, <laughs> well I don't sit in a high chair well I know you don't but I do <laughs> you, know. you big baby <laughs> <laughs> no so you know what I mean otherwise it's gonna it's gonna take nearly two hours sometimes to have lunch in a restaurant isn't it it's true it these are what true. we call first world problems they, they really are but you know that was that was a dining tip there with the amphibious Nicholas Briggs <laughs> yes don't forget book early <laughs> uh, so time yeah. then I suppose Nick to to move on oh yeah okay and, and you time, don't want to talk about lunch anymore well it just make me hungry um, I'll, course, just, yeah, I'll just sorry. eat my watch. Uh, yeah, so time to brace ourselves yet again for the return of our good friend, Sir Ran Demoid Selectatron. <laughs> Cue that appropriate music. Right. Uh, so, Ran has fired up and he's delivered an interesting uh, release. Oh, that sounds a bit dubious. He's released a book. Well, not Ran, Ran hasn't released a book. He's selected a book. Oh, he selected Bernice Summerfield, Filthy Luca. Uh, money makes the world go round. That's can a few too many strong drinks. Oh, mm-hmm. I see. This must be by Simon Gurrier. He always writes about. Uh, oh no, it's James not. Parsons and Andrew Sterling Brown. Well, of course, Bernice Summerfield is known for her alcohol abuse. I feel that we should. Um, it's highly recommended anyway. Uh, it's got a lovely picture of Lisa Bauman on the front. Only three pounds. Brilliant. Get it now. Uh, it's also available in various ebook formats. So there you go. Um, I think we should have an audio Let's dive back in as well. Let's dive back in. Okay, this is right up your Strasser, Nick. It is Dalek <laughs> Empire 4, The Fearless Part 4. Oh, right. There we go. Which That's, is, again, um, up for a very attractive price of five quid. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, I purchased it on the 3rd of July 2009, it says, <laughs> as part of order 162008. Hmm. Oh, there we go. But the Dalek Empire always... Rec- I think we've, we've mentioned Dalek Empire before. If you've not listened to it, 
it is absolutely worth a listen to because it's 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 you get your Dalek fix, don't you? It's it's an epic Dalek-based saga. There's a lot of it, and it's all well worth it. Awesome I've cast a, here. I've, oh yeah, go on. So we've got Maureen O'Brien, uh, David Sachs, Sean Connolly, uh, Noel Clark, Mickey in, in the old New Who, uh, Nicholas Briggs as the Daleks, uh, John Swab, Ian Brooker. Uh, and loads of other wonderful people. It's 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 a big old release. This one. Hmm. Good lord. I love the way that uh, it's got David Sachs in it because David Sachs is in fact a pseudonym for me. <laughs> no, is it? Yeah, yeah. Because I played this character called Ernst Tanley, who was in the original Dalek Empire, and David Sachs is one of my pseudonyms from the days of the audio visuals Doctor Who audio plays for fun. David Sachs. I like yeah. it. I like it very. That's sort of like, uh, like undercover sort of. David Sachs leads a normal life. He runs a small <laughs> cafe in West London. But on the weekends, <laughs> he's out fighting crime. <laughs> and Daleks. And Daleks. So uh, Maureen O'Brien, I I cast in this because of the first series of the Companion Chronicles, which are now available to download. By the way, uh, I think what was the episode she did? It was called Frost something. Frosty diddly do. <laughs> frost fire. I typed into Google fire. and it just came up with a touch of frost. Oh. Like, she did do that, but that's <laughs> not all we're David talking Jason, about. David Jason, yes. <laughs> um, not David Sachs, David Jason. Uh, another pseudonym for me. I'm in fact David Jason as well. Uh, you plonker. <laughs> I'm open all hours. Um, so I don't quite know what that means. Uh, anyway, yes, I saw her uh, at the recording for that and met her. And I thought she was so amazing. I changed all my plans for Dalek Empire, the Fearless, um, because I, the character of Landon was a man. And, and I suddenly thought, well, why can't it be a woman? I want to work with Maureen. And it's, you know, I've written it as a great part. And then I had to do a little bit of persuading to Maureen because she doesn't really like science fiction, although she's you know, really bought into Big Finish now. And hopefully I'm seeing her again very soon, actually, in a couple of weeks. Um, uh, so, yeah, I took the script round to her place and gave her a little chat about it before. I said, before you read this, there's just a few things I want to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so, bless her. And Noel Clark, he said that he would like to work with me. We'd become very chummy on the TV series. And uh, he, uh, Ben Cook from Doctor Who magazine and I would meet up for lunches quite often. We haven't done it in ages, actually. I must make a, a late New Year's resolution to do more of that or at least try and track him down um and yeah he said he wanted to work with me so I, I said what sort of part do you want to play and he said i oh, real sort of you know roughneck warrior type kind of scary bloke and so i wrote this part um for him actually uh and so that worked out beautifully we had uh, we had great great fun doing this and uh, anyway here's the trailer um well i say here's the trailer i think the trailer might be a generic trailer so i'll probably be better selecting a clip any idea what you're going to do? My duty. Hit fast and hit hard with 
single ship she could muster. Almost 50% of her fleet was made up of civilian cruisers, which had been hastily converted for battle use. Rumor has it it was the sheer weight of numbers detected by the Daleks' long-range scanners that threw them into a panic and made victory inevitable. Well, I don't know about that, but I certainly wanted to give the Daleks the impression that they were facing more ships than they were expecting. How long has he been doing this? Every day for two weeks. Jogs around the entire central ring of the mission control platform. Keeps jogging until he collapses. He eats, he sleeps, then he wakes and does it again. When do you think he can return to active service? Active? Sick bay security alert! Sick bay security alert! There's someone outside my door. Who's there? Kate? What are you doing up and about? Are you dangerous, Commander Kate? Um... Come in. Sit down if you like. You were saying? I'm not dead then. You've caused quite a lot of fuss. Couldn't you have just pushed the buzzer like any other patient? She wasn't Susan Mendes. So there you have it. Did you ever hear this one, the, the final series? I did, of yeah, Empire? I did. Dalek Empire for me was, was one of my early Big Finish things that got me into Big Finish. But funnily enough, my memories of Dalek Empire just always being on holiday because it's what I would do. I would listen to Dalek Empire. That was like, that's what got, because I hate sunbathing and doing all that stuff. And listening to Dalek, I remember it so clearly, listening to Dalek Empire. Uh, on sunbeds, that's just what I think of it well, for some reason. So I shall always yeah. think of sunbeds. The next year, if we do another series of Dalek Empire, we'd put a sunbed on a, <laughs> and a Dalek relaxing. Susan Mendes goes sunbathing. <laughs> 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 Lovely yeah. stuff. Well, there we go. So cheers, Ran, for being your delectable self. Uh, and, and so you got a double whammy there. You got a book. You got a Dalek. The what two more can you want? The two don't go together. Daleks. Well, sometimes they like reading. They're certainly doing Time of the Daleks. Little, uh, little plug yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I do, I'll tell you one thing I forgot to mention about that Dal Dalek Empire, the fourth one. That was the first thing that Jamie Robertson ever worked on for Big Finish. Really? He did the sound design and not the music. I did the music and he did the sound design. He's such a genius composer. And he had to put up with me going plinky plonk all over everything. Because <laughs> he but, always yeah. tells me of his first meeting when he met with you and in the office and, and all that stuff. And so that, so that was his first ever thing. Yeah, yeah. I think he came over and I gave him all the CDs with all, with all, the, um, all the recordings on. It's a good find there, though. Yeah. And we've never looked back. Well, from what you're saying, he does look back. But uh, <laughs> what I mean is it's been a very successful working relationship. I'm currently waiting for him. He was promising delivering the music for the first half of the Martian invasion of Earth today. And I'm ex so excited oh. about hearing it. 
it's always a treat to hear good work from people. Anyway, yes, sorry, I massively digress. No, he's, you were he's, so beautifully he, wrapping up this. Well, he's, he's a massively talented man, is that, Jamie? As are all yeah. of our sound designers. Love them all. We're, we're self-included. One, one big family we are. Oh. I just tapped the microphone with my glasses there. Uh, yeah, so as the podcast <laughs> fizzles and turns to dust... Like a vampire accidentally opening the curtains in the morning. <laughs> Brilliant noise. I didn't even know I could do that. Excellent noise. That was great. Cool. I was there. Keeping that one. Keeping that one. Uh, there's just time for Nick to sound the uh, the trumpet for what on earth is... Oh, I like that. For what on earth is available to listen to right now from BigFinish.com. Yes, from BigFinish.com right now. You can get this lovely stuff. Episode 1 of Sons of Kaldor, the first of our seventh series of Fourth Doctor Adventures, is available for free if you subscribe to our newsletter. It's easy to subscribe to the newsletter. There's just a red button at the side of the website saying free newsletter. Hit that. Enter your email address. Bada boom. I actually said, <laughs> actually said bada boom. Well, I, I took the production office crew out to lu- Christmas lunch and the waiter was taking our order. And when he'd finished taking the order, I said, there we are, bada boom. And he said, sorry, what was that, sir? And they all <laughs> laughed at me. And I've said, well, I'm now going to repeat to you what I said. And I'll wish I hadn't. And he went, yes. And with his pencil poise, I said, bada boom. Have you got one of those? <laughs> I said, sorry, I was just being stupid. Sorry to waste your time. It, it he smiled politely. Yeah. The, no. Misjudged. Smile politely whilst pouring rat poison into your, your lunch. <laughs> uh, there's also a 15 minute tease of the Sons of Kaldor coming up at the end of this podcast double whammy uh, Blake 7 the way ahead our 40th anniversary uh, Blake 7 story is out now stupendous written by Mark Wright who's been rightly tweeting about his pride of being involved in this uh, the brilliant 6th Doctor adventure Static is out and will scare you to death featuring Lisa Greenwood and Miranda Raisin, although they're not the scary bits. Uh, I saw some lovely comments on Twitter about this, actually. Uh, The War Master, only the good. Derek Jacobi returns as the Master in a fantastic set of four evil adventures. Getting really great reviews. Uh, The first Doctor Adventures Volume 1, sneakily released on Christmas Day after the Doctor Who Christmas special on TV, just as downloads. Uh, The CDs are coming later. Not much later, but they're coming along. Uh, But we thought you'd like... A bit more First Doctor action after having seen David Bradley on the telly. Also, James Follett's Earth Search Mind Warp has been re-released. The sequel, prequel, bazequel to the famed BBC Radio 4 series. Here starring India Fisher and Nicholas Courtney, among others. Well worth a listen. Veteran Hollywood star David Selby is the main man in Dark Shadows' old acquaintance. I love a bit of David Selby. Well, all of him, in fact. Mainly his voice in this context, though. <laughs> Moving on. Look, there's so much more, but no more time. So there you have it. Thank you very much, Nick. And just before we go, just time to do the trailer. Oh, Wow, we started this before lunch. In this Big Finish podcast, there's more than you could possibly believe possible. Possibly. Lee. Lee. We talk holidays, we talk Christmas and all those merriments. And there's fantastic news concerning Ravenous and 
Louise Jameson. We have Louise Jameson. Incredible yes, interview. And we there. demand money. <laughs> Otherwise, we won't release her. <laughs> Stick them up. <laughs> so, yeah, she'll be here. Um, and there's the Randomoid Selectrotron. It's a kind of return to our usual format after a, a little bit of a Christmas break of holiday specials. Think Lots of it of as settling into a comfy chair. You know, you, you've been up, you've walked around Ooh. for a bit, but now settle into a comfy chair with the Big Finish podcast, the first of 2018. I thought you were going to do a Geordie accent. I thought you were going to settle into a comfy chair. <laughs> a nice job, any comfy chair. Um, and that's the end of me insulting a part of the UK. I'm very, very sorry. <laughs> that was Jimmy uh, Nail there on vocals. <laughs> Why, uh, eh? That was a rather terrible trailer for an absolutely spiffing podcast. Uh, in a moment, a 15-minute tease for the Sons of Caldor. That's my phone bleeping. Hold on, I'm just going to see who it is. Because <laughs> it may be more perhaps interesting. It, perhaps it's the Sons of Caldor. Oh, it's Helen Goldwyn who writes, directs, acts for us. I'm having dreadful trouble with my email today. Oh. Oh, she sent me a link to New Earth. <laughs> I just press it and go to New Earth. Excellent. Well, I'll try that when I've finished doing this. Concentrate on one thing at a time, Nick. Uh, yes, yes. So, yeah, there'll be a 15-minute tease of Sons of Caldor starring Tom Baker and Louise Jameson. But, Benji, let's discuss our plans <laughs> for 2018. Any resolutions? I tend not to do resolutions because if I always feel like it hangs over you. If you don't do them, you feel bad. Oh, but I just yeah, kind of th- yeah. I'm just feeling myself, you know, be happy. Uh, enjoy myself, uh, you know, see plenty of my great friends, um, learn new skills. I don't know. I just really want now all those things you've set up until then. You do that every year because you are happy. You see plenty of your friends, you know, you're a happy person unless you're hiding something from me really well. I'm, I'm a very happy person. I don't, you know, it's, it's a, the important thing is keeping it up. I think is, is the key. You know, you, you want to just, just, that's what I just want for another, another year of, of good happiness and good fortune, I suppose. And really. what new skills? I, I bet it's flying a different kind of aeroplane on your that's, virtual that, flying. That's, that's always a, uh, <laughs> always a new skill. I don't know. I, I, I like learning so many different things. I like, I like adding more strings to my bow, really. So I've not quite thought of what new skills I'd like to take on, but I, I'm always looking to kind of do new things and, and, because I, I, I just like I like the thrill of learning things. I suppose really, that's great. You know, I, I, um, I enjoy it. I'm not I'm not going to learn anything boring like accountancy, but you know, <laughs> to all you accountants out there, I'm sure it's not as boring as I think. They can hear that. I can hear them shouting right. Yes, it is. <laughs> Snapping their pencils and ripping. But up I'm their earning a packet out of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fair enough. I want twice your money, they'll be saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's my At 2018. Least. Just just, just be happy, yeah. you know. And Do you have a favourite moment from 2017? A favourite moment? Is there uh, anything random? Oh, I don't know. I've got so many, so many favourite moments, really. I, 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 every day is a favourite. I mean... I tell you, I, lo- I, I, lo- I loved our Chicago trip. That was, very, that was, oh. that was great fun, I have to admit. Because it was so out of the blue, yeah. and that was that was like such a a, a uh, that was such a like I thought I had my November planned, and then it was not like that at all. November was an awesome month to be honest. 
But yeah, do you know what? I've just had a great time. It's been a good year. Well, I'll go with the Chicago thing as a favourite moment. That's good. I think it was cool. I think just talking to you then, it reminded me that my favourite moment of the year really was you telling me, yeah, I, I reckon I could fly a real Spitfire. <laughs> I, yeah, I'd... <laughs> Are you going to make it my favourite moment of 2018 as well? I just actually doing that. it. Actually, well, do you know what? I reckon I could do it, but I reckon I'd be really scared because it's a Spitfire, and if I took yeah. one one thing wrong, I'd I'd be destroying one of arguably one of the most iconic aircraft of all time. Yeah. Well, I watched Dunkirk again the other day. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It is it. Tom Hardy's performance actually is amazing by being virtually nothing and just kind of talking like that and that kind of vibration in his voice it's sort of like because he's flying okay I can do all that I love there's a particular line in that I love which is the guy says he's on me Tom Hardy swoops in I'm on him it's like god that's good see I I think what would be really cool I, I, I wouldn't want it to happen because it's Dunkirk as an awesome film on its own but the bit where he gets taken away at the end by the Germans yes. we need a separate film not related to Dunkirk where Tom Hardy is in is in a POW camp yeah. and escapes and that's what we do because it would be so good it would be uh, he is the man if, if I was stuck in a POW camp I'd want Tom Hardy busting me out my goodness me you would wouldn't you, you, you absolutely know, you, you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to be stuck in there I don't know who, who let's put it this way I wouldn't want to be in a POW camp with Rowan Atkinson <laughs> <laughs> I love him to bits and he'd keep me amused but I don't think he'd get me out he'd be of no use wouldn't he yeah, yeah. yes Will this wall come down? <laughs> oh, yeah, whereas oh Tom Hardy, you know, he would just yeah power it. You know, he'd be he'd be out before he'd get in, be in there for a day, probably take yeah. a photo and he'd be off. You know, <laughs> so. he's an awesome. Uh, yes, I know someone who was at drama school with him, and um, yeah, he's quite a powerhouse from by all accounts. Um, Tom Hardy, I bet I bet he's already thought of that. I think while they were shooting that scene when he's captured at the end of Dunkirk, I think he said, "Yeah, what, what you've got to do is make a film about me in a period. <laughs> I like the voice. That's, that's, I, I know exactly what you're channeling. He's, he is, I think of all actors around at the moment in movies, he is the most... Sorry, I was just unzipping my uh, body warmer there. <laughs> that just sounded a little bit suspect. I think of he, all actors. <laughs> 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 he, he he is the most terrifying, isn't he? Oh, he's. But he, I think when I think about, it, I think he's one of those guys that like, he can turn his hand to anything. And some of the roles he's. I mean, I think of Bronson. I told my sister about it. I said to my sister, <laughs> "Check Bronson. out Bronson." Have you seen that film, folks? I love Bronson. It's such a good film. And my sister watched it. She's she said not for the faint heart. She said it's one of the worst films I've ever seen. I was just like, Are "You crazy?" It's like it's like I wanted to just go full full Charlie Bronson there and be like. You know, as he. Oh, hold on. It's Rick Davy from the Unmutual phoning me. I'll just have to tell him that I won't be long. Hi, Rick. Hello, I'm fine. Uh, listen, I'm just. Um, I'm just. Hold on a sec. So I just. I'm still recording the podcast. So uh, it's Rick Davy from the Unmutual here. Say hi. Rick. Oh, hello. <laughs> Am I live on the podcast? You are. That's uh, very exciting. Is there any prisoner content? There's no prisoner content except the content you're mentioning now. Wonderful. Well, everybody, please go and buy Big Finish's version of The Prisoner. Um, series 1 and 2 are both available now. That's very good. <laughs> well, yes, you see, Rick runs the Unmutual website, and, and there you have it. But so, Rick, can I phone you back in about five minutes? You certainly can. Very exciting. <laughs>
All right. Well, thank you for that uh, uh, extra guest spot on the podcast. <laughs> I enjoyed it tremendously. Uh, hello to all your listeners. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye-bye. There oh, we are. I really wanted him to say, be seeing you. I was really oh. expecting it. I was really expecting that. Oh. Do you know, when he phoned me this morning, just before we started recording the podcast, I answered the phone. I didn't know who it was calling because I didn't recognise the number. And he just said, where am I? <laughs> <laughs> and almost without thinking and kind of not clearly knowing who it was i just said in the village because <laughs> oh, i thought amazing. what other answer is there to that question oh that's cool i like it i like that a lot i haven't really uh my plans for 2018 just get this huge mountain of work i've got in front of me done i think <laughs> I suppose the most exciting thing I'm looking forward to is the writing of my... Uh, we'll be announcing in a couple of weeks' time, but here's a sort of little preview of it, uh, a range called Big Finish Originals, where we're doing lots of original drama, uh, not based on any other franchise, but creating our own franchises. And the one I've created is called The Human Frontier, uh, which I'm writing now, which is an epic science fiction thingy. Uh, very exciting so i'm really looking forward to getting to grips with that i'm building a spaceship at the moment <laughs> literally he's, he's sitting in, he's sitting in, in his uh in his shed and it's just full of gear look there look there's some stuff what's that nick it's bits of plumbing equipment it's the breathing modules that's what you have to say it's the hyper hyperdrive yes that's it that's my plan and, and any resolutions that well just to get all that done I have a few secret resolutions I'm not going to tell anyone about. But that's that's a damn good thing. Right, and, and I also, the podcast? Yeah, well, if, if you want, I was just going to say it's great that we're doing original material and that because we've got so yeah. many talented people within Big Finish, it's nice to be able to get, give people, say, go forth and, and create something wonderful. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's to celebrate our 20th anniversary because uh, 2018 is the 20th anniversary of Big Finish because we actually started Big Finish in... 1998 there you have it and then next year 2019 is the um 20th anniversary of our doing or releasing doctor who i suppose we started work on doctor who in, in 1998 as well yeah. i really thought that go. i was about to be stuck in this loop of and then next year is the 21st anniversary, <laughs> and then the year after that is the 22nd i believe and then there was the incident with the pigeon um anyway god rest his soul uh <laughs> yes so nick you may finish the podcast Okay, there you have it, 2018 in a nutshell. Although I would just say that The Human Frontier is actually probably coming out in 2019. But there are loads more Big Finish originals coming out this year. More news coming up about that around about the 15th of January. Not round about, actually on the 15th of January. Mm, time now for Tom Baker to assume the mantle of Doctor Who. <laughs> It is dark. Ah, lights on low power. Perhaps they're saving on their electricity bill. Is it a spaceship? If it is, 
It's not moving. And, uh, hup, hup, hup. The local gravity isn't artificial. Shall we explore and find out? We are meant to be looking for this excitotonic... Excitonic stabilizer. Yes, I've not forgotten. There's no rush. K9 isn't going anywhere. I know. That is why we need the stabilizer. Well, we might find one here. Wherever we are, it's obviously built by a society with technology. Which way, then? There are many passages. Uh, no markings. Let me see now. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. This way. But mo is that way. Uh, this way. You were even pointing that way. More passages. Still no people. This might be worth a look. What? Medical unit. And locked. Oh, yes. I'm even more interested. Enter with care, Doctor. Hello? Anyone at home? Anyone? Oh, dear. We have found the people, then. Well, or at least one. One human female and one... Oh, I'm not sure what. If I had my I Spy book of alien species, I'd look it up under tall, hairy, and angry-looking. Are they dead? In suspended animation. These are medical recovery tubes. There are intruders in the medical unit. How many? Two life readings. Where did they come from? Unknown. Continue to monitor the intrusion, V-12. Understood. They do not drown? The chemicals they're floating in are sustaining them and repairing their bodies. This woman had severe injuries. You can see the scarring. This creature also has scars. They were lucky to survive whatever happened to them. What do you think that was? I don't know, but it was some while ago. This treatment takes time. Although the readings show that their treatments are finished. Someone should be getting them out soon. Perhaps there is no one else here. Well, they didn't put themselves in these tubes. And someone locked that door. Then there are people here. Or there were. Shall we see if they're still around? Why do you ask when you will do it, whatever I say? Oh, just testing. That's the spirit. Ha! <laughs> the intruders have left the medical unit. Direction? Towards section G12. We will intercede. V-51, come with me. Now which way? Eeny... There is no need for the eeny-meeny, Doctor. This way. That way? There is an open door. See? Oh, yes. Of course. <laughs> I wondered if you'd spotted it. Very cosy. Someone's quarters, by the look of it. Quarters? Mm, a space of their own, somewhere to sleep, rest, and, by the look of it, to express their artistic side. So many drawings. The wall is full of them. Mm, landscapes. Someone has an eye for nature. Where do they sleep? I see no bed. Over there, behind the curtain. Doctor? What is it? There is someone here. There is? Mm, under the sheet. They have the stillness of death. Yeah, well, let's take a look. Well, well, well. Oh, it is one of the mechanical men. Yes, certainly a Calder robot. A Supervoc. SV9, apparently. 
Are we on another sand miner? I don't think so. The aesthetics are all wrong. It is damaged. Oh, let's put it mildly. This arm is completely mangled, and as for the head, part of the skull casing is gone. I'd say a direct hit from an energy weapon, but not recently. It was attacked, like the woman and the creature. Oh, it looks that way. Someone's been working on it. Several sensors have been replaced. Bit of a botched job, and these legs aren't original. Can it be repaired? Well, there's more to be done before it could be a fully functioning superbuck again. What is this? Careful with that. It's a laser scalpel cut through metal like paper. An impressive weapon. Oh, not a weapon. An instrument. And speaking of an instrument, I need to go back to the medical unit. What for? There was a diagnostic scanner there. I could use it to access SV9's memory cache. That might tell us what happened to him. Wait here. I'll be back in five minutes. Yes, Doctor. And Leela, mm? you know when I say don't wander off, and then you ignore me and wander off? I will not wander off. Excellent. And don't touch anything. <sighs> Do not wander off. Do not touch anything. I am not a child. Hmm... Uh, medical unit? Now, where did I... Ah, yes, there you are. Diagnostic scanner. Should do the job nicely. Stay where you are. Who said that? Oh, hello. V51, is it? Lovely to meet you. Oh, it has been more than five minutes, Doctor. Are you alive? Silver metal man. Do you know I am here? I knew others of your kind. They were led by a silver metal man like you. They tried to kill me. If you can hear me, if you would wish me or the doctor harm, know that we have defeated your kind before... What is that? Metal-like paper. Hmm. I say this can be a weapon, Doctor. Who is there? Anyone? I am Leela of the Severteen. I am a huntress, never the prey. In here. Thank you. Good day, everyone. All robots, is it? No humans. <laughs> you will identify yourself. I'm the doctor. Nice to meet you, B12. Oh, look. Flight controls. What are you doing here? Ailerons, atmospheric rudder, artificial horizon. So, more of an airship than a spaceship. But grounded at the moment, yes? How did you enter the ship? Discreetly. Where are the others? Others? This can't be all of you. Two Vox 4 dumbs. This ship isn't small. Where are the human crew? Robots are in control of all systems. What about the woman in the medical unit? The medical unit is a prohibited area. Ah, uh, all right then. Tell me, what is your mission? We cannot say. I'm sure it's classified, but I have an honest face, don't I? I'm not your enemy. You can tell me. We cannot tell you, because we do not know. Know what? We do not know why we are here.
What is this? A door? It is solid enough. Let go! Let go of me! You must not strike the hat. Why not? There is someone on the other room! You must be silent. They must not know that we are here. So, what? You're on a mission so secret that you don't know what it is. We are not required to know the mission. We maintain the ship. We keep it secure. This is our purpose. Well, that's not a purpose, it's a function. Purpose is what you perform those functions for. At least, tell me how long you've been here. How long is it since you landed? This is not known. Of course it's known. When did you land? All robot crew are reprocessed every two months. The procedure involves a memory wipe. You have your memories wiped every two months. Why? So that if we fall into the hands of the enemy, they will not be able to extract useful information. Or even to provide answers to a straightforward question. Ha hang on. What enemy? That is... Unknown, of course, yes. Unknown, yes, of course it is. Rock balls! They have gone. <sighs> Who has? Your friend is on the control deck. We should join him. The doctor? How do you know? Through the command circuit. I am connected with V12 and V51. More robots. Are there no people here? Come. Don't you realize something has gone very wrong here? In what way? Wrong. You had a human crew, but they're gone. Possibly killed, except for one. Your superbox was virtually destroyed, and now here you are without leadership or direction, hiding in a power-down ship waiting for what? You ask many questions, Doctor. Oh, hello. V-26, I see. And Leela, are you well? I am unharmed. V-26, I was just explaining to these gentlemen here. I am aware of your conversation. Well, of course, as I often say, if you've spoken to one robot on an interlinked operating network, you've spoken to them all. <laughs> Who are you? And how did you get on board? All right. We are travelers, and we travel in a very clever ship. The blue capsule. You've seen the TARDIS. He was in the corridors. Do you have allies outside? Are you working with others? We are alone, and we are very friendly. This woman compromised our security. I made a noise on a big door. The entrance hut. Someone made a banging. Doctor, there is someone outside. Who? Unknown. Why not use your cameras to find out? That is not permitted. Be silent, V-12. I will address the stranger. Yes, V-26. Now, that's interesting. A VOC giving orders? The external cameras will not be used. Why not? We are in covert mode, on silent running. Order imperative. What is an order? Order imperative. You said that. Mission programming, Leela. Inviolable orders sear into their positronic brains. Silent running. Wherever we are, they've powered down, trying to make themselves undetectable to the outside world. But someone was outside this entrance hatch. We are secure. No one could enter. But clearly, someone now knows you're here. Aren't you at least curious? We will remain in hiding. Answer me this. 
Who is the woman in the medical unit? She is the mission commander. Is she now? Commander Lin. How was she injured? That is not important. You may not think so. What is important is that her treatment cycle has completed. So why don't we pop along and you can revive her? If she is recovered, that is the correct course of action. Then let's go. The revival sequence is almost complete. I look forward to meeting her. Who's the fellow in the other two? The creature is a ferulin. What's it doing here? Revival complete. She has collapsed. Oh, perfectly normal. She'll take a few moments to recover. Use this robe to keep warm. There are clothes here for you. Thank you. Wait. Who are you? I am Leela. This is my friend, the doc. You, you're not my crew. You're intruders. Please, please, there's no need to be afraid. Keep, keep back. A ferulin. What's a ferulin doing here? Commander, you do not remember? I don't, I don't know. Wait, yes. There was a fight in the forest. It was taken prisoner. It, it's the ferulin leader. It is quite safe in this state. Their leader, our prisoner. That's good. That's very good. Commander, Lind, is it? If there's trouble here, we'd be only too glad to help. V-26, who are these strangers? They claim to be travelers. They gained access to the ship by unknown means. Possibly a blue teleport capsule. Not teleport, exactly. How do I know you're not with the Sons of Kaldor? The Sons of Kaldor? Who? Robots, hold them. D-34, D-53, hold them. We are not your enemy! I'll see about that. Commander, she's right. We're ever so friendly. I do not believe they are a threat. What? I advise they should be released. Have you been damaged, V-26? No, Commander. Had a bang to the head? Got a frazzled CPU, only I've never had a robot offer me advice. I may... I may have made an error in my choice of vocabulary. You certainly did. Perhaps he's missing the influence of a Supervog. Supervog? Oh, yes, um, SV-9 was lost. He is not lost. He is here. He was destroyed. Not quite. V-26? If you'll let us go, Commander, we'll show you. You'd better not be wasting my time. Release them. D-34, D-53, release them. You've been listening to a Big Finish production.